0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We are continuing our series on marriage, and uh, today's topic is going to be communication. So, even though it to be applied to uh, marriages, it really applies to every single relationship you have—spouse, kids, friends, coworkers, family, whatever. This will apply, but we're going to center it around the topic of marriage because God loves marriages. And God creates heavens and earth. Does it all? And the very next thing he does, he officiates a wedding. God loves marriages. And Jesus uh, helps out a marriage in crisis in our gospel reading for today. And God loves all the blessings that come with marriage. And if you don't believe me, take Charlie's advice and read Song of Songs. If you've never read it before, you will be shocked that it's in the Bible. Just trust me on this one. (laughs) When I was in a Lutheran school, elementary or middle school, in a Lutheran, the Lutheran parochial school, yeah, when we wanted to be bad, we read Psalm song songs. It's like, whoa, it's in the Bible! Holy cow, it's good stuff. God loves marriages. God blesses marriages. And so today we're talking about uh, what God does in and through marriage. See, God speaks in Genesis chapter one. And all things are made. Let there be light. There is light. He just does it. And then the next thing he does is he officiates a wedding. But before he does that, he creates humans. And when he creates humans, he does something unique from all of, all the other creation. He says this. He says, let us make man in our image. And so therefore, every person on earth is an image bearer of God. And therefore, every single person on earth, every race, color, creed, nation, everywhere, is worthy and has value because they are an image bearer. So Republicans have value because they are image bearers. Democrats have value because they are image bearers. Oakland Raider fans... (laughs) have value because they are image bearers, yes. Everyone has value because they bear the image of God. And as an image bearer, you you also bear, you you carry, you contain some of the qualities of God. And therefore you are also creators, more likely sub-creators is a better way of putting it. You, like God, can create music, art, craftsmanship, a great meal, whatever it might be. Now, you're not like God. You can't create out of nothing. You take God's gifts, God's elements, God's providing, and you use those and form those, and you create. But here's also the interesting thing. You also can create just by using your words. You do. You can't. You can create by using your words. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says this. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. As uh, Pastor Jimmy Evans likes to say, words are nuclear. And like a, you take an atom, and you split it, and you contain it the right way, and you can use that that power of the atom to generate electricity for an entire city, but words are also nuclear. They can do a lot of damage, too. The power of the tongue is life and death. It's especially true in parenting and marriage. It's true in all relationships, but it's especially true in parenting and in marriage. Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 12. He said this. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you. That everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment. For every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted. And by your words will be condemned. Words are powerful. They have the ability to create and they have the ability to destroy. And so when God creates, he speaks words and it's created in a moment, in an instant. And since you may have noticed you're not God, you can't do that. Wouldn't it be great if you just speak it And it was done and assured and and you were good, right? You'd say to your your wife on that wedding day, I love you, and she knew it for the rest of her life. You never had to say it again. It was just done, right? But we don't do that. Because when you speak, it takes time. It takes time to create. Sadly, you can destroy it in an instant. But creating relationship, it just takes time takes time. And so, um, it happens. It happens in everyday, seemingly innocuous conversations. And so, um, I'm going to show a little video demonstrating that. Hit that clicker.
1: Mature, the game show for married couples who want to go to this and speed the odds and put the relationship back in their relationship and build a loving and lasting, godly relationship. What do you say? Want to play? Absolutely. What is dinner? Super. The rules are simple. When you hear this buzzer, you have the opportunity to rephrase a thoughtless comment and make it thoughtful. A chance for a meaningful conversation rather than a meaningless one. Scott. Let's start with you. Welcome to round one of That's So Mature. That's So Mature. Scott, you began the conversation insinuating that your wife should have been able to pay the bill while she was at work. How can you rephrase that and make it more positive and engaging encounter? Um, uh, hi, um, sweetheart, uh, why didn't you have time to pay the bill today? What wow, what's wrong with that? The answer we were looking for was how was your day? How <sighs> was your day? That's implied. I- isn't it? Okay, alright. Um How was your day today, sweetheart? Super! Excellent work, Scott. Now, Charlotte, your turn. Answer this question. How was your day? Well, I went to work this morning, and as I was driving, there was a guy driving next to me in a Honda. No, it wasn't a Honda. It was a Datsun. Wait, no. They don't make Datsuns anymore. You know what? What was the car that your cousin Rick drove? You know, the one that we always said looked like a pregnant ferret? Anyway, he was wearing the same colored shirt you were wearing. So I got to work, and I walked in like normal, and Diane was going to break. Like, I wasn't even halfway through my day. Exactly. <laughs> no one needs uh, that many details. The question was, how was your day? Not, give me a doctoral thesis on your day. Charlotte, try that again. Well, babe, to answer your question, um, I went to work, and I ran some errands. I actually had a lot more errands than I thought I would have which was not stopping me from having a productive day and included having lunch with my mom. Super work. Nicely done, Charlotte. So, what's for dinner? What's wrong with that? it's her night to cook. Yeah, I'm not really clear on that either. It's on breakfast for dinner, by the way. Awesome. Love it. First of all, Scott, don't think with your stomach before you think with your heart. Take the time to let her know that you're happy she had a good day. Isn't that obvious? I mean, why wouldn't I want her to be happy? Well, sometimes I don't really think you care too much about my day. Oh, of course I care. I'm sorry. I should tell you more than I care, babe. Aww. I got this. Honey, what can I do to help you with dinner tonight? Oh, nope. that was me. I slipped, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a really brave offer, babe. <laughs> I think you mean helpful, not brave. No, I, I think she's referring to the fear I have with those biscuits that explode when you open them. <laughs> How embarrassing. And that brings us to the lightning round. That doesn't sound good. Two negatives. Charlotte, go. I'm confused. <laughs> Excellent, Sharla. Good to express your confusion, Scott. Can I have a biscuit? Or may I have a biscuit? <laughs> this is not English class, God. Do, do you want a biscuit? Excellent. Generosity always wins. Hi, Hello. Isn't there a cash prize or something?
0: All right. So God invites us into relationship. Uh, Co workers, family members, kids, spouses, and says, okay, you've got to talk. Use words to create. And so um, it, it's challenging sometimes, though. Talking and listening is, is hard work. And quite honestly, it's, it's sometimes harder for guys than for the gals. So imagine you walk into a coffee shop, right? And you walk in, and there's two tables. And at one table, there's a group of ladies talking. Right? They're sitting around the table and they're talking together. At a table on the other side, there's a group of guys sitting around the table and they're talking. Now close your eyes. How are those conversations going? Right over here, they're just talking. They're talking about their day. They're talking about their fears and their joys and, and how the relationships are going and how this kid's doing and how this person's doing. There's probably like two conversations going at the same time. Over here... They're not talking about their fears and their joys, right? <laughs> they don't do that. They're talking about what they did. That's what they talk about. I mean, can you imagine? So some guy says, hey, Bob, how was your weekend? And Bob says, you know, it was good. I, I got a six-point elk. And the other guy says, well, when you shot the elk, how were you feeling <laughs> about it? And Bob. And Bob says, well, I... Hung- hunger. I was feeling hungry. What's wrong with you, right? <laughs> you talk about what they do. And women, generally speaking, talk about how they were feeling, what was going on in their lives, and so it's often hard for guys to do this to create from their words. The studies show that uh, some studies show that women will speak on average twenty thousand words per day, while men on average will speak seven thousand words per day. 20,000, 7,000. Other studies will dispute this, but what I found to be true in the vast majority of relationships, there is someone who likes to talk and someone who likes to listen. And the person who likes to listen, when they get home from work, they have used up their allotment of words. They've hit the 7,000 amount and they're like, I'm done. I'm just done. And not only that, we live in the most distracting time ever. How many of you get Eagle County alerts on your cell phone in December, January? That thing was beeping nonstop, wasn't it? You going, What do you do? You go and look. What's going on? Now? Oh yeah, I gotta see. We live in an iPhone, iPad, Wi-Fi world. It's hard to talk. It was easier back in the old days because you had to talk, because there was one TV. And when I was growing up, I was the remote control. I would purposely, my brother and I would fight to see who could fur- sit furthest away from the TV because the closest person had to change a channel when dad wanted the channel changed. That's how it was. I remember my first remote control. It was like this big. You put it on your lap and it had five buttons, right? On, off. Channel up, channel down, volume up, volume down. It was this big, That was awesome. It's hard, and so I'm going to share something with you. And I guarantee you that wherever your relationship is at, with your marriage, with your kids, it doesn't matter. That if you practice this, it will go up. If let's say it's you're on a scale of one to ten, it's like a six, seven. going to go up to
1: 11.
0: I promise you. And it's simple. Watch this. Alright. So this is for all you non-talkers out there. You folks, you guys, get the end of the day, and you're spent with your words, alright? This is how you do it. So you sit down. The first thing you do is you turn this off. Turn it off. Make it a no cell phone, no Wi-Fi zone for at least some part of your night. You just have to do it. Because if you don't, you just get distracted. If you're like me, this is horrible. I was visiting some lady in the the hospital years ago, and if there's something on the screen, my eyes would keep going to it. So I'm visiting with her. I have two jobs. Listen and pray with her. And she's talking, and finally she says, Pastor, do you want me to turn the volume up? On the TV because I kept doing this. In my defense, it was Die Hard, the first one, and that's what he's doing. John McLean, he's walking on the glass. It's awesome. So, anyway, turn off the TV, turn off up, Just turn it off. Or pause it, record it. You can do that. All right? So, you sit down and you face the person. It's amazing, right? You actually sit and you turn your body towards the person. And if you're really good, if you're like feeling just adventurous, you sit like this. Right? This says, I am listening to you and nobody else. Right? And then, you just listen. And here's a great thing. Sometimes, you can say things like, wow, that sounds really hard. Or, it sounds like you had a great day today. And the person will say, why, yes, I did. I did have a great day. And they'll talk all about it. And you just sit and listen, right? So you just say, you just reflect back to the person. Or you can ask a question. You you can. It goes something like this. So what happened exactly when you talked to that other person? Just help them clarify right? Or you'd say, can you tell me more about Oh, when you slipped on the ice. I don't know. (laughs) Do something like that. Just ask your question. Or, you kind of summarize it. So you you went to work, and you just made a great proposal, and you just knocked it out of the park. That's great. You summarize the conversation. And the person will say, Why, yes, I did. That's fantastic. Or they'll say, No, 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 you didn't quite understand. What I meant to say is... And they'll rephrase it. So there are people... They get master's degree in counseling. And 80% of what they learn how to do is this. That's all you have to do. Dudes, you can do this. You really can. Or or gals who aren't big talkers. You can do this. You can do this. And as you do this, you create. You help create those moments of relationship. And they're small, and they're seemingly innocuous. But you build them up over time, and they're absolutely huge. Because words have the power to create. The second thing is this. That we hear through our deepest need. We hear through our deepest need. And so, men, or I should say, ladies, you need to know this about men. Their deepest need is to be honored. That's their deepest need. What husbands need to hear are words like, I'm proud of you. I believe in you. I respect you. I'm honored to be your wife hear those words. And then, you act on it. So if you're a group of friends, or your husband's there, you say something like, you need to hear what my husband did this week. I'm going to tell you about it. That's what men need to hear. Most wives don't know this. And so when they speak words of love and try to create relationship, they speak out of their need. And so they'll say things like to their husband, they'll say, you are the nicest Kindest man ever. And the man will think to himself, well, that's great. I'm like furry Oprah. I'm nice, I'm kind, I get some good gifts. I'm like Oprah, but with fur. You know, that, that's me, Harry Oprah. Yeah, great, thank you. Just what I always wanted. When I was a little boy, I didn't dream of being Han Solo, I dreamed of being furry Oprah. That's what it was. Thank you. Right? But wives, wives, if you tell your husbands, I believe in you, I am, I am honored to be your wife, you will see this guy strutting around the house, head-butting walls, because he feels honored. Oh, women, and please inform me if I'm incorrect after the service, but I believe I believe. A woman's deepest need is to be secure. So men, what your wives need to hear are words like I love you and I always will. I am 100% committed to you. I care for you and I will do whatever it takes to let you know that you are loved. And then you actually have to act, act out on this. To make it so that your bride's needs and wants come before yours. That your order of hierarchy—hierarchy hierarchy of your life—is God, bride, kids, something else, something else, and then you. You're above dog, right? You're above dog. It's good, but God, wife, kids. or to put it in a more practical way, men, uh, you don't sit down to rest after a hard day's work until your wife is sitting down to rest after a hard day's work. Because she needs to know that she is secure and number one in your life. And most husbands don't know this. So when most husbands want to speak and create words of love or relationship, they say things like, you know, you are like, so, what's the word? Um, um, beautiful. That's what you are, right? You're beautiful. And uh, wives certainly like hearing that. It's good. Those are good words. But, and there's got this inner monologue going, I don't feel beautiful today. Or I used to, but not anymore. Or I was looking through this magazine and there are like 200 images of like Photoshop beauty and I don't measure up to that because the standards are insane these days. Husbands, if you tell your wife, I'm committed to you. I love you and you are next to God, number one in my life. Your wife will know that she's cherished and loved and secure. This is true of your daughters as well. And about that men need to be honored. It's true of your sons as well is Jesus creates relationship with his words Jesus says great words like for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him might not perish but have eternal life Jesus creates relationship out of his words and then he acts out those words he doesn't just say them he does them And in doing so gives you honor. You are one for whom God has died. And that is great honor. And you are also one for whom Jesus has sacrificed everything. And you, you are dearly loved. And secure in that commitment of God to you. And so Jesus invites you to create, to be a sub-creator in relationship. And that's all your relationships. Friends, co-workers, you know, family, kids, and spouse. He invites you to do that because that's what he's done for you. Amen? Amen. So, um, Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you've sacrificed your life for us and we are honored. And we are secure in your grace. And Lord, we we ask for the privilege of creating relationship with our words. And Lord, um, it's hard. God, it's so hard Life is busy. It moves fast. It feels like there's just not enough time in the day. Lord, um, we lift up all these marriages, Lord, in this room, up and down this valley. We pray, Lord, that we might speak good words that we might create and not destroy. That we might listen. And Lord, uh, that we might create a little bit of what you have created. And Lord, um, sometimes it means just working through a lot of walls and barriers toward God. But um, you've done that. You reconciled us to you. With it, so we might have the, the gift of reconciliation. And so, Lord, we lift all this up to you. And we pray in your special name. Amen. Amen. May the peace of God guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus for life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing our closing song here. We have time of prayer in the corner there. Here's our prayer warriors. Thank <laughs> you.